I want to talk about developing in your love, developing your love. A lot of times people in, in church, uh, again, I told you, man, church, church can be a wild place, man. Wild place. I'm talking about where, where bad things happen and people get real rude. And, you know, you got, you got church splits. Uh, you got all kinds of stuff that happened in church. You got this half of the church mad at that half of the church and all kind of, man, no, you can't have that. Right. But but a big reason why that happens, sometimes this is a legitimate gripe. You know, I'm not saying that you all you go along with whatever somebody's putting down. If you don't agree with it, then you voice that or whatever. There's a way to do that. There's a way to do that. But uh, I'm talking about a person who has undeveloped love. Right. And this, there are often cases where somebody has undeveloped love and what, you know, these are the uh, situations look like when somebody is very dedicated to the church. Right. And then all of a sudden they're angry and and they're going off and and, and what social media or talking to everybody else. Ah, oh, they mad. You know what I'm saying? This is because their love is not developed, man. Again, like I said, you're not going to always agree. You're not going to always agree with me. You're not going to always agree with the other people in the church. You know, you're just not going to agree. If you don't agree, you don't agree. But there is a way to disagree. This is not what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, I would the, what I'm talking about right now. It it would it would not even be there's no signs that the person don't love. There's no signs. And it looked like the person loves. Right. But it's a dangerous kind of love. Right. So I want to I want to talk to you about this. Let's let's first read a couple of scriptures as we before we go into this. And man, I want you when I when I post this to the church uh, Facebook page, I want you to share it, man. Share this with with people. uh, Share it on your page. So, because I think everybody needs to hear it. Uh, we're starting at John 13, 34 through 35. Right? And we'll kind of look, read a couple of scriptures at how God wants us to love. How God wants us to love. First thing, before we even read that, we, we did uh, some time back, we talked about the four kinds of love. And I just want to remind us of those. The first one is uh, they call storage. I call it storage, storage. And that is, uh, that's the one we're going to be really dealing with tonight. But it's affection love, a love based on affection. Right. Uh, we're going to go over that a little bit more. As we come back, the second kind is phileo, right? And that's a friendship love, a friendship love. And friend, uh, friendship is one of the least needed. And we, we're reading, this is from uh, C.S. Lewis's book, The Four Kinds of Love, and just see what C.S. Lewis says about it. Friendship is the least needed, says C.S. Lewis, of the loves that is least jealous of the loves. Friendship arises out of mere companionship, uh, when each share a unique treasure or burden, right? This is, this is a good thing. Each share a unique treasure or burden. This friendship is pointing somewhere, going somewhere, right? So they they share this burden. Uh, it's companionship, two people going in a direction. Uh, now a male and a female of the same interests and goals who are not repulsive to each other. That's kind of a joke he made. And love no one else will eventually grow into eros love. Right. Phileo can happen between the opposite sex. Uh, uh, but that eros 
uh, phileo can happen between the opposite sex. Um, and but you know, okay, so you got two people that have this phileo, this friendship. But if it's opposite, opposite sex, it's hard to keep the eros out of it. So people, you it's rare. Sometimes you have two people, a man and a woman, that they're friends, and it's just they just friends. But most often, uh, phileo, that type of friendship, it it evolves into eros love, which is the next one. Eros love is a romantic love. Eros points to people at each other. So uh, phileo love is the friendship pointing two people in a direction, but eros point them at each other, right? Uh, unless they are physically repulsive to each other or unless one or both already loves elsewhere. Today, that don't really matter, though. It is most certain that shortly after phileo between a man and a woman, eros will more than likely show up uh, sooner or later. Romantic or erotic love, uh, Lewis calls this being in love that creates the hottest of fires in our emotions. Uh, this love does not aim, uh, it, aim at happiness, but on one particular person. So the love is not aimed at happiness. Eros love is aimed at a person. You know, like the, what it, on, the, on the TV shows, a dude just kick his feet together and flutter up into the sky. To, <laughs> Cartoon, man, at the person. They just floated, took off in space with that thing. At one particular person, at all costs, better to be miserable with her than happy without her. Eros is the toughest of the natural loves to understand. When I, okay, this is one of my notes. When I do premarital counseling, I tell the couples, you got to have, right, you got to have some Eros if you want the marriage to work. So again, when I do premarital counseling, you got to have some of that, you know, man, you get on my nerves. Oh my God. You got to have some of that. Man, you get them, but I can't make it without you. I don't want to be without you. If you don't got that in the marriage, you got a problem. That's right. That's that, you know, people tell me this. See, people that got these, what you know, you tell two people, man, y'all, oh, y'all bad for each other, man. You know, you ever seen that, right? They were toxic. This relationship's toxic. They, they all, they bad for each other, but they always wind up getting back together, right? And you say, that, that relationship toxic. What, hey, it's toxic if they fighting and bad stuff coming out of it. But the thing that keeps them coming back, that ingredient, that Eros thing, every relationship gotta have some of that, right? Cause you can get on the nerves and, and so, so I can't be like, you know, this weekend is, uh, a nerd Sunday for us on Sunday, right? Yeah. So we got the science fair project going on and all that. I can't be like trying to analyze, well, let's see. <laughs> you know, why do I love? Should I keep loving? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, you can't do all that. It just got to be, man, I'm going back, man. <laughs> you know, God. Why did you give me this woman? Why did you give me this man? It's got, there's got to be some of that. Again, like I said, if it's toxic and the person is beating you or, or um, this person just a terrible person, say, man, you got to, you got to disconnect from the eros and you got to move around, okay? But, but you got to have some eros in a relationship or whatever. I'm just telling you because love is so crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's really hard to describe. Man, you, you know, how many stories do you have of people that say, well, I fell in love? That means I wasn't intending to, right? Uh, you know, and a lot of times a person will say, well, 
you know, I'm going to meet my my person that I marry. I'm going to meet them at, at this such and such a place. I'm going to meet them at school. I'm going to meet me somebody at church. Right. But I mean, the majority of church folks, I tell you to raise your hand and ask you where you met your people at. Right. It's not going to be at church. I met my wife at a party. Right. So you say, I ain't going to marry nobody. I'll meet at a party. 28 years later, here we are. Right. Because you fell in love. Right around her just a little bit. I always thought she was cute at school, you know, and I see her around and I saw her. Oh, she's cute. But I mean, I thought the other chicks was cute that I talked to, too. Right. Everybody's cute. That didn't make no difference. But I fell in love with this one. Right. So sometimes you don't you don't intend to. Right. You just fall in love. Right. Love's a complicated thing. Right. And you're trying to tell somebody, look, this person is a moron. (laughs) They're a moron. They're bad. So many reasons. Can't you see? And it's but I love them. Right. So it's complicated, man. It's complicated. But you got to, I'm saying, in, in a good relationship, you got to have some of that. Because, you know, you get, you, you, people start coming to you telling you, hey, listen, you don't need, you know, you know, why don't you just go and, you know, this, that, and the other, because you have a couple arguments. Listen, man, arguments in a relationship is not a bad thing. I'm, I'm sidetracked, but I'm trying to help, right? So arguments in a relationship is not a bad thing to have arguments. Uh, you know, this is my wife. Okay, so we have arguments. If I'm around my friend a whole bunch, Right. I'm eventually we're going to have some arguments. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone. If I spend enough time, me and Pastor Ben, I don't think we ever had an argument. But if I hang around him long enough, something's going to happen. Yeah. I'm right? not like something you told me. Right. It was the truth, though, and I, I needed to hear it. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 Just yeah. OK. So, yeah. So, listen, might not like something I tell him. Right. I might not like something he do. But just in any relationship you have. It's going to be disagreements. But you, you're around your spouse more than anybody. That's right. Yes, sir. Right? So they're going to irritate you. <laughs> right? I mean, that's okay. That's part of being married. You get irritated, right? You know, I wouldn't trade her for all the money in the world. Because I tell you what, if all the money in the world can come and all the money in the world can go, and she'll still be there for me. Amen? Yes, sir. She's going to still be with me. Right? So um, we'll keep going here. All right, so then we're going to look at the last one is agape love, or it's a divine love. Yeah. That's the last one we're going to look at, right? So agape love, it says, this is the highest and most unselfish of the loves. Uh, the First Corinthians 13 love, also called charity. It is not natural. It goes against our very natures. It loves the unlovable, the undeserving, the ugly. It, it gives... Uh, all the asks, gives all and asks for nothing in return. It is the one that takes the greatest chance and uh, is hit uh, with the most loss. But Lewis pins the word that words that echo down the very core of our souls as the hated uh, as a hated truth. Right. So he says this and basically he's telling you the truth, man. He's telling you this is how it goes with 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 agape love, man. You listen, you dealing with ugly, you dealing with it's that. I don't know why this is not, I shouldn't, it's not emotional, it's not affectionate, it is simply I love them because God say to love them, amen? Right, right? that don't mean that you be a fool for them, that's not what we're talking about either. So now let's go back up here and I want to talk some more, let's, let's read these scriptures that we talked about. John 13, 34 through 35, talking about developing in love. 
Right. So uh, John 13, 34 says this, a new commandment is 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this shall men know that you are my disciples. If you have love to love one to another, it is the love. Uh, if you have love one for another. OK, so listen. So God says that this is the mark of Christianity. That we have love for another. If you look up this love in the Greek, it is agapeo, which we get agape from. He's talking about agape love. He's not talking about storgy love. He's not talking about phileo. He's not talking about eros. He's talking about agape love. That means unconditional love. That's what God is talking about as it pertains to us as brothers and sisters in the Lord or people in the church or believers working together, right? Let's read it again. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye unconditionally love one another, as I have unconditionally loved you, that you also unconditionally love one another. By this shall men know that ye are my disciples, that ye have unconditional love one for another. Hallelujah. Right? So if you have unconditional love for one for another, that don't mean you don't disagree. Right? But he's talking about, this is not storgy love. Storgy love uh, uh, is not... Uh, Phileo love is not friendship, it's not eros, it's not romantic love, it's unconditional, it's the God kind of love that he's instructing us to have one for another. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4, we're going to read 7 through 11. 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loves is born of God. So again, he's talking about this agapeo love. So let's, we're going to translate it. When, I'm, when I say love, I'm going to read this agape definition. Beloved, let us unconditionally love one another, for unconditional love is of God. And everyone that unconditionally love is born of God and knoweth God. But he that uh, does not unconditionally love does not know God. For God is unconditional love. And this was manifested, the unconditional love of God toward us, because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is the unconditional love of God, uh, not that we, we love God, but that he unconditionally loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so unconditionally loved us, we ought also to unconditionally love one another. Right? So it's not storgy love that he's talking about. It's not phileo love. It's not eros love. It's unconditional love. Now I want to talk to you about something that is very dangerous in the church. Right? You're going to say it's eros. It's people getting together and cheating and having affairs. Nope. I'm not talking about that one. That's a bad one too. Right? But this other one happens more often than that. I'm not talking about brotherly love. I'm talking about storgy love. Dangerous situation. And I'm going to tell you why. So let's take a further look at it again. Storgy is affectionate love. It is the love of enjoying someone or something. Uh Right? Storgy is affectionate love. It is the love of enjoying someone or something. It's like saying, I love that movie. Or I love that actor. Or I love Aunt Shirley's cake. It's like, I love this person. I love this place for the joy that it makes me feel. Wow. I love it 
for the joy that it makes me feel. That's not unconditional. That means 100% selfish. Uh, I love it for the joy that it makes me feel. Sometimes the term is used to refer to the love between married partners who are committed and uh, plan to have a long relationship together. Right? So uh, one of the marks of storgy is that there's a commitment. Come here, please. Stand right there and face me. There's a commitment. Not a, not a commitment, but a commitment. <laughs> Y'all see what I'm doing? Not a commitment, but a commitment. And this don't look, let me turn, turn this way so they can see my face. There's a commitment. Now this don't look like no good commitment, do it? <laughs> this look like that, this look like that bad relationship, don't it? Ooh, right? Uh, so, uh, it's, it's a love, uh, I love this person, I love this place or thing for the joy that it makes me feel. I can say the same thing, man, you, I, I love you, you just make me feel joy. <laughs> but when I do, I love you for the joy that you make me feel. That's dangerous. Yeah. Let me explain to you why. Stay right here, don't move. Okay. Sometimes the term is used to refer to love between married partners. So there's uh, who are committed, committed and plan to have a long relationship together, particularly as a fundamental relation, relational foundation after the initial infatuation. So there's infatuation involved. There's this commitment, this aggressive commitment to the person. Well, listen, let me tell you something. Who, who we committed to in here? Jesus. We're committed to. Let me, let me keep going. Another interpretation of storgy is to be used to describe a sexual relationship between two people that gradually grew out of friendship. Storgic lovers sometimes cannot pinpoint the moment that the friendship turned to love. Storgic lovers are friends first and, uh, and the friendship and the storgy can endure even beyond the breakup of sexual relationship. They want their significant others also to be best friends. And will choose their mates based on similar goals and interests. Storgic lovers place a high importance on commitment and find that their motivation and find that their motivation to avoid committing infidelity is to preserve the trust between the two partners. So there's, there's this strong thing between uh, coming from a person in this storgic kind of love. Right. Okay, so listen. Storgy love Situation is like, if, if I say, Pastor, Brent, Pastor Ben, this is what, this is how it can go bad. Okay, it's good for me to want commitment from my wife, but it can go bad that if, that if we got this story you love, and come here, Pastor Ben. Pastor Ben is my brother, man. I love you, man. He's my brother, man. Pastor Ben, you know, Pastor Ben, he's a great guy. He did this for me. He did that for me. Pastor Ben does a lot of stuff for me. He's the greatest, man. He's nobody like Pastor Ben. He's the greatest. Right? He's the greatest guy in the whole world. Or it could go like this. My pastor's the greatest. He's the greatest guy, man. He's the greatest guy in the whole world. There's no one greater than him. He's great. He's amazing. He does this. and he does, Whoever you pointed at. Mm-hmm. Right? But the problem comes in. Remember what we said. It's the commitment point. Yeah. Now, when I don't do something that you want me to do. That's right. Whoo! That story you love would turn to hate. Quicker than any other rest of them. So now you just destroy the love of the world out of this whole church and everybody in here. 
while, while it was going good and you was getting what you want. But the second one, you don't get what you want. Oh, that facial expression change. Right. And that same energy you had, that same commitment you had to loving me, this commitment turned to hate now. And you start hating on the whole church. Oh, that place over there. Let me tell you what. I was in a meeting one time. You know how to listen. They got secrets. And we'll look at his mama and his wife and all this. Thank you. You can sit down. You ever, you ever, ever seen, been in the church, seen somebody act like that? That's because they love the person more than they love the Lord. And that happens in church a ton. That kind of love is dangerous. Our thing in, in, as church members and the kingdom of God is to, yeah, you are. The Bible says to honor the people in ministry. Right. It tells us to love our brothers and sisters uh, as Christ loved them. But this stories love when it goes wrong. You know, when, it, when I'm committed to you, ain't you committed to me? Hmm. I thought you was committed to me. It sounds kind of like fatal attraction, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think it happened like that in the church, but it do. Whoever seen it go down like that in the church? Let me see your hand. Oh, yeah. I thought you was committed to me. What you mean? This isn't this and this. You're going to change. You're going to take me out of my position. You want me to have my position? I used to make the announcements. I used to do the offering. You're going to take me out of my position. I can't do this no more. I used to be able to, to worship free. You're going to stop me from worshiping free? We was committed to each other. I mean, it turned to hate, man. It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. But see, that's not how we're supposed to love. No. That's why your love got to develop. That's good. Your love got to develop. Because that love didn't destroy many churches. Yes. It destroyed many churches. I, I, I've said it when I first started talking. Man, it's all right to disagree. Yes, sir. But it's how you disagree. Yeah. Right? And even if you're not disagreeing, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about disagreements. I'm talking about this attitude anyway. I can spot it. And, I, and, I, and, you know, and it might be aimed at me, like loving me, but I already know. Now you're scaring me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're scaring me because I know that when you when, when the commitment or something don't go down the way I want it to, it's going to flip. In the same way you cut for me, you will cut me. Ooh, that's good. Huh. The same way you cutting for me, you will cut me. So our love has to develop. It has to grow. Right? I have, listen man, I, I have, I, people, I got all kinds of people around me, not just in, in the cross church, in my world, in my life, who do dumb stuff. Uh, I think, at least I think it's dumb, it might not be dumb, but I think it's dumb, or I think you shouldn't have done it or whatever, but if I got a relationship with it, I got to tolerate it. You know, to an extent, I got to maybe tell you about it, but I mean, I can't not have a relationship with you because you don't do everything I want you to do. That mean, that makes sense? That's not love, that's control. That's not love, that's control. And in your life, let me tell you something because I love all of y'all. In your life, you have to keep an eye on people who love you like that. Because if the minute you stop fulfilling, remember what we said. I love this person or this thing because of the way that it makes me feel. That's selfish. So the minute, the minute I stop, you know, I have to keep going back to that movie, Fatal Attraction. Right? So the minute, hey man, when, hey the man, I don't want to be with you no more. She 
killing dogs and cats and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> right? Oh, it goes south. It goes south. The people go south. They, 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 they don't handle you right. But you said that you love me. You love the church. You love the Lord. Right? And you, I believe that y'all can have stories you love toward the Lord. Lord, the Lord, just keep on blessing me. I tell you what, I'm so blessed. I'm blessed. I keep getting blessings. Every time I look around, I'm getting blessings. Blessing over here, blessing over there. And then the Bible said, I'm blessed when I come in. And I'm blessed when I go out. I'm just getting blessed. Shoot. Look. Come on, man. We weren't ready for that one. We weren't ready for that one. Right? So listen. So when you stop getting blessed, good example. When you stop getting blessed... All of a sudden, you ain't starting to forget, stop getting blessed. You ain't seeing the manifestation of blessing for a little while. Yeah, that's good. Then all of a sudden, then you look, you start getting mad at God. But I thought the love was supposed to be unconditional. I love you because you love me. So again, there's some storage in it. There's some storage, storage, storage love in the marriage. Right? Yeah. I like the way you make me feel. I love, you know what I'm saying? Like that. I, you know, I like Miss Twala's, uh, banana pudding. I love it. I love the way it makes me feel. That's okay. But if she stopped making me that banana pudding, am I going to get hot? <laughs> am I going to get mad if she stopped making me the banana pudding? Mm-hmm. But see, Stormzy Love can hide in a church real easy. Ooh, sure can. Hide in the church. As long as the person is getting what they feel like they need to get out of it, right? And it's love. Because you're pouring love at everybody. I'm telling you, man, people get mad and, and listen, you can get, you can get mad and, 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 or whatever, have a problem and can't be at the church no more. That's fine. But I'm talking about a person getting mad and they're just like, you know, not, not for real shooting, but like everybody in the church, I don't like you no more, I don't like, I don't like none of y'all. People mad at Miss Marceline, sweetest thing in the church, they hot at her. We know you done went off the deep end with the storage. But it can hide in the church because it looked like love. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not love. No. It's selfish. No. But you have to develop from that. You have to grow from that. We can't stay there that I, the only thing I, I want is what I want. Yeah. The only thing I want is what I want. I'm more concerned. This is me. I'm more concerned about the storage of love that comes. When I, and I know it's, this ain't cool. When the person is loving me then I'm more concerned than when they're mad at me. Because when they're mad, it's out, I know what's going on. But hey, I don't never know when you're going to flip over. But I know that if I don't keep filling the cup up the way you want me to fill the cup up, you're going to flip over. And yeah, great example. Uh, When LeBron James left from, uh, LeBron James, basketball player, probably one of the most famous athletes in the whole world, he he was raised in uh, Akron, Ohio, which is right on the outskirts of Cleveland. And LeBron James, the city, they talk about Cleveland like it's a, uh, it's not Cleveland, Texas, by the way. No, it's Cleveland, Ohio. They talk about Cleveland, Ohio like it's a cursed place. And so LeBron, when he came out, they called him the chosen one. He was going to be the one to save the city of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. So Cleveland wound up getting the first draft pick. They got a kid born and raised in their place, the best basketball player, arguably, in the history of the world, between him and Michael Jordan. Right? It's the ongoing argument. So LeBron James stayed there for seven years, and LeBron James decides he's going to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers and go play for the Miami Heat. 
And he makes this announcement, what he shouldn't have done. The hindsight 2020, there's this big thing, makes this announcement on TV. And the only thing they start showing people in the streets of Cleveland, Ohio, who are waiting his decision on that night. And all of the people say, they start to say, oh, what? He's leaving us. <laughs> He's leaving us. Oh, boo. The people who were once cheery are now booing. Forget you. And they wasn't saying forget. (laughs) They had to blur out the fingers, right? They were giving them the middle finger. Not only did they do that, but they have famous recordings of people setting his jersey on fire. The people who used to love him now hate them because they loved them for what they was getting out of it. And now they're not getting out of it what they what they were once getting out of it. And now they hate him. Because it was never Pastor Ben, the God kind of love in the first place. It was selfish love in the first place. Now, I'm telling you, that's why it is. You can see, and let's go, let's move out, let's move out of the church. Let's move out of the church. And let's just look at an example out in the world. That's why you can see some of these situations to where I was, I'll ask myself, why is it that a, 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 a huge man, men, even if a man is the same size as a woman, most of the time they're stronger than the woman, right? So, so it's, it, all abuse of women is bad. Why is it that a man would shoot or stab a woman? Right? Why is that? Why would that happen? You're already bigger. You're already stronger. Why would you shoot or stab a woman? Because there's that anger now that, that used to, we used to love each other. But now you don't love me anymore. And if I can't have you, no one's going to have you. Right. Because it makes no sense. If you just want to, like, be upset with him and handle him, you know, your man's stronger than a woman. You shot her 16 times. Come on, man. That's because that that thing that you she she thought you loved, but it was not unconditional. It was conditional. And so let's do a flip on this here. Right. Watch this. Just trying to get a grasp on this story thing. Right. It is. I love this person, place, or thing for the joy that it makes me feel. Draw a line through the words joy that it makes me feel. Or let's do a reciprocal on that. For the hate that I now feel towards you. I don't love you. I hate you for the pain that you cause me. I no longer love you, but I hate you for the pain that you caused me. Not for what you did and not for the decision that you made, but the pain you caused me. Now I hate you. Yeah. Right? So you wouldn't think that it happened in church, but it does. It does. This is nothing new. This has happened. It's happened. It's happened forever. But we have to develop and we have to grow past that. Again, this, this message is not about church disagreements. It's not what it's about. It's about growing in your love. Right? It's about growing in your love. 
We, we can't stay on that, that level. We can't, we can't exercise that. If there's a situation right now, it could be, it could be your job. It could be your boss. I love it. You ever heard somebody talk crazy about their boss? I'm talking about crazy love about their boss. My boss is the greatest. I've heard him do it. I love him. I heard a woman, uh, uh, when we, we did the last, we catered the last fight over at the, uh, at the Civic Center. She was going on and on about her boss. I love my boss. He's the greatest boss. He gave me this truck. I get to drive this truck everywhere. Right? I, you know, I get to use all the tools inside of the truck. It's a woman. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know why she needs the tools. Right? But she got a truck and, it's, and it gets switched out every couple of years, brother Cooper. They switch out the truck. So she loves the boss. I love him. Man, you just you really don't love the boss. You love what the boss doing for you, man. Right. The boss get that truck back. Let <laughs> <laughs> that boss take that truck back and see what happens. Just as loud as you roaring that you love them because of everything that you got going on that you feel they're doing good for you, the same loud you'll be talking about how the worst a boss is to hate him is the scum of the earth. Because <laughs> that's not real love, man. That's conditional love in a bad place. The, remember when I said love is so complicated. So you got these four loves working in a, in a marriage. All of them are at work. Right, you got the storage you love, you got the filet. This is my best friend in the whole world right here. Because no matter what's happening with me in my life, right, and she had to earn that. Yep. She had to earn it. Right? It took years for her to earn this is my my best friend. Because hey, listen, messing up or not, we've had situations to where she got mad at mistakes that I made. I'm talking about that and the, the anger that she got. Towards me probably was deserved, but it didn't go the best. She's been there for me like a friend to enjoy moments that I couldn't share with nobody else. She's my lover. She is, and I got to love her like my sister. Right. Right? She got some, it's all of it mixed up in there. Right? And I imagine that, God forbid, there was ever some betrayal on somebody's part, some storage might rise up in me. I'm going to be mad a little bit. Nobody wants to be rejected. Is that right? So all of them are kind of going. We want the, it's storage. We want commitment. I'm yours and you're mine. We stood, remember we stood up there and the preacher said, keeping ourselves only to each other. We're storging it up right here. Storging it up. <laughs> y'all, y'all understand the point I'm trying to make. Laugh at me, but understand my point. Right? So you got the stuff going. But it has its place. It doesn't have a place in the church that you are loving somebody or loving a situation because everything is going your way. It's not going to always go our way. And it's unfair to a person that you, 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 you put that on the person, right? I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But really, man, you love me because of whatever you're getting out of a relationship. That's not fair, man. It's not fair. I, I have, uh, when I was starting ministry before I started the women's home, the, everything that you're saying is exactly what God was showing me. And I didn't know I was about to start a women's home. And um, I was doing prison ministry, and it was an all-men's prison death row. And so I was going in there, and I would go in and minister to these men. And 
I don't know their stories. I don't know anything about them. I had to go in there and I'd minister to them and tell them the Lord loves them and that we love them and that they're welcome in our churches. When they get out, come, you know, be here and I'm your connection and we love you with the love of the Lord. And all this, I was doing this for a long time, going and ministering to these men. And then one day I go and um, one of the men come up to me and tells me, he said, the Lord's been laying it on my heart. I need to tell you why I'm in here. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It doesn't matter why you're in here. We love you with the love of the Lord. And if you ever get out, you're welcome in our church. I'll help you in any way I can. All that, he goes, no, you got to know. So he told me how to find what he was in prison for. And I was like, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, you've been forgiven. The Lord's <laughs> forgive you. I forgive you. And, okay, you know, he's like, well, I still need you to look this up. I'm like, okay, go. This happened three times. Three different men that didn't know the other man was coming up to me. So when the third one came up, I'm like, okay, we'll go. What you doing? <laughs> trying to teach me in the midst of this. So I leave there. Now, I take one of, uh, it's myself and Howard and another disciple. We had a, a man that went in with us to the prison. We get out in the vehicle, and I'm like, Howard's driving. And I start looking up the way the first guy told me to look up his, his uh, charges. And now, this guy was... When I went into the prison, he was my guard. He was a, a pretty big black guy, and he was always took me everywhere I went. He was it was just a lot of times it was just me and him even. Hmm. And they trusted he was a trustee, and he could take me in wherever I needed to go. Always made sure I had water, fan, all this other stuff. He was a nice guy, and um, he was over the praise and worship team. So I read about him, and I start reading, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And so I'm reading out loud, and um, it, he had chopped up, he had murdered his girlfriend, chopped her up in pieces while torching her for over a three-day span, and then put her in the back of a car, and the only way she was found was somebody smelt her body from a neighbor. <laughs> now, this was the guy that was taking me everywhere, mm -hmm. and I was alone with him, and I'm like, <clears throat> and I'm mad. And so I'm like all mad about it and everything, and Howard's just driving. And then I get to the next, I'm like, I want to know about the next guy. He was a serial child molester. Wow. It's another guy that I had been ministering to. And I'm like, this is crazy. I don't like any of this stuff. And, you know, I'm just mad. You know, they've done anything to me. Right. But I am angry now. I'm not going back in that prison. I don't want to ever do this again. I quit ministry of that. You know, I don't want to go back. And the other guy was that he had been charged he was 15 years old and got sentenced to uh, a life sentence a death row and he took the rap for his brother that was 18 because he thought he would get a slap on the hand and he ended up getting life and went to prison all men's prison at 15 years old and he's still he was still there in 40 something and he goes if you can even just imagine what's all taking place to a 15 year old yeah. kid yeah. in an all men's prison and so i had i Threw down my phone and I was just angry. I'm like, I'll never go back to the prison. I'm not doing this. And Howard, I believe it was just the Holy Spirit spoke through him and he said, How do you feel about them now? I looked over here, over at him, like if my looks could kill. I'm like, <laughs> They can all go to hell. Wow. Because that's how I feel right now. They deserve what they have. And I'm not going back. I'm not going to go back in that prison again. And they deserve what they get. And I was done. And from Livingston to, to New Caney, God dealt with me and said, for what I'm about to call you in hmm. to do, wow. he said, you're going to have to see people the way I see them. 
and love them the way I love them. I have forgiven them the way I have forgiven you. Hmm. And he says, you're going back to Hmm. the prison. And this time they'll know if you're real or not. Because now they know that you know. You can't fake it now. And I had that time frame within time I was then to going back into the prison for God to deal with me on how I truly... It's easy to love someone at a place of going, you're there, and I know I know you probably did something wrong, you're in prison, So, but love you with the love of the Lord, you're never going to be around me anyway, I'm out of here. Yeah. It was a fakeness, hmm. and God had to check me on that. Amen. And when I went back in there, I'll be honest, I never even thought about it, never mentioned, I didn't even, I, it was never, I left out of there, and immediately the Lord reminded me about what I knew about them, I'm like, oh my gosh. I didn't act that way. But I was seeing them again, just of who they were. Yeah. And he says, how are you going to then receive them in our churches when they are released mm-hmm. and they come in here and you know that that's a murderer sitting right next to you? Are you going to scoot over when you know and you hear their testimonies? Because the Bible tells us it's by the, the, the word of our testimony. Right. And when they share their testimony, you know that they, the Lord delivered them and set them free and, and forgave them for chopping up his girlfriend. Are you going to say, well, you're welcome to the next dinner we have. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to invite them to your place. Right. They're forgiven. And that's a real thing with us. We got to check ourselves right. exactly. in that love of, are we really real and going to love God's people the way he says we should love them? Right. Amen. Right, that's good. That's... <laughs> great, great example, man. Oh, yeah, it is. Great, great example, man. Great example. That example, really drives home the point of the scripture says, the scripture says, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. It does not say, beloved, let us judge one another. For judgment is of God, and everyone that judges is born of God, and knows God. Say, let us love. Especially in this, with the gospel, again, you don't have to invite them into your house. But you have to love them. You don't have to be friends with them, but you have to love them. You don't have to trust them, but you have to love them. So don't say let us tr- uh, that trust is of God. It said don't let us. It didn't say uh, let us trust one another as God has trusted us. It said let us love. And that's a great example of what God wants to do. There's a, a movie that got made from a book called The Shack. And there's a man, the premise of the book is there's a man whose daughter was kidnapped, she was assaulted, and she was killed. And so uh, this man was very bitter for a number of years, like a person would be. Right? Never take, whenever somebody is out of line with the way God tells us to do something, you still have to take into account that they're human beings and they may feel a certain way. Right? 
So this guy was stuck in that, like most people probably would get stuck. And so he gets this, uh, he gets his invitation in his mailbox to come to this place. Wasn't it the place where the daughter, the shack, where the daughter died at? And he goes up there to this place and he's, he has this encounter with God that, that some people read the book, all oh, this foolishness, that and the other. Man, it, you can, nobody's imagination can come up with this stuff. Nope. No, it's yeah. So, uh, eventually he gets to a place and, and God's showing him, was it, was it heaven where he was showing him, wherever, where the guy was? Or some place? Where he talks about the judge. Well, he, no, yes. wait, well, yeah, where well, he, no, he saw the guy that, that had killed the daughter. And then he, and so he told me, he said, well, we got to pick one. You got to pick one of your kids. Yeah. That's why he was talking to the wisdom the judge. Okay. So he told him, well, you got to pick one of your kids. You got to judge one of your kids, quick one of your kids, whatever. Who's going to hell? Right. Which one of them is going to go to hell? And so uh, the Lord's told me, say, well, you know, you, you want me to be in the same position as you want me to put this guy in the same position that you are with your kids. Yeah. Right. And so he was showing if the guy asked for forgiveness or whatever, then I have to forgive him. No, the same way. You know, no more than you would put. It's easy for you to put one of your kids in hell. It's not easy for me either. And this guy's asked for forgiveness, right? So, love is a thing that God, or is the thing that God has given to us to win the world, and it was exemplified by by Jesus Christ. So, so it cost Jesus more than it ever cost any of us, more than it ever will cost any of us. Because he had to go through the whole cross experience and everything that that entails. The Bible says, while we, while we were all yet sinners, that Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he went through this whole cross experience for us. Right? That, that means anybody, anybody that will ask for forgiveness no matter what they have done. Now, we don't want to hear that if it's somebody that's done something to us or to a loved one. We don't want to hear that. But it's the truth and we don't get to pick. Right? And so... This is the thing that God's given to us to reconcile the world to him. And we can't go around with this fake love. We can't go around with this conditional, uh, selfish love. We can't go around with that. And in the church, especially we can't have it in the church. Now, some people... They can have it in, in, you know, in their church, they'll, they'll have it. They won't say nothing about it. Just live with it. This, that, and the other. Man, let me tell you something. The church can be almost like a mafia type environment. Boy. From stories that I've heard. People will tell you, uh, keep this person close yeah. because they can be this ally. Do this. When I, I remember when I, when I first came, uh, and there's nobody in this room. Nobody, they're the person not even here anymore. Right? But when I first came, somebody told me to keep this person close to me. They keep this person close to you because they're influential and they're a big giver. Keep them close to you. And I just laughed. I'm like, man, I ain't doing that. That's one, that's one of my proudest moments of being an inexperienced pastor. That, that what you're saying is absolute foolishness. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that because that's ungodly. And you, and you can have situations where you have this side pinned against that side, that side pinned against. This happens in churches. But none of that's God. None of that's God. Again, I, I, I will never say because I'll be lying. It's okay. It's, it, it, we don't supposed to disagree. It's okay that we disagree, but we have to love. We still have to love even when we disagree. Amen. Amen. So here, love is this complicated tool that God's given to us to win the world with. And what, what else did he say is very important in the scripture that we, that we read? 
He said, by this shall people know that you are my disciples by the love that you got one for another. And we're all tempted at one time or another to not love or to treat somebody some kind of way. But we have to remember we're not developing our love when we do that. We have to develop. We have to grow in how we love. Forgiveness is part of the developmental path to loving the way God wants you to love. You have to learn how to forgive. I told you, man, I had this thing for many years against my my uh, former my first pastor. Many years I felt like he ruined and wrecked my life. But, you know, and it was just difficult to get over. And you know how I got over it? I had to say I had to pray for him. And I had to speak blessings over him when I didn't want to pray for him and speak blessings over him. I had to do it. And, you know, after a couple of years, guess what? I started to buy into it and believe it. Hey, yeah, bless him. And so, I, you know, our relationship's good again. I, I don't even think about what we went through. You know what I mean? But for, but uh, forgiveness is a part of your development in love. It's a part of you developing. You have to learn how to forgive. And you can't go around here with this conditional love when God wants us to have unconditional love. Huh? I said, or conditional forgiveness. Conditional forgiveness, right. And I'm not saying it's not difficult, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to do that. It can be hard. Loving people can be hard. Especially when you don't like them. Right? But he didn't tell you about like. He said love them, right? Because some people just get on your nerves. I'm sure I get on people's nerves. I'm not going to exclude myself. But when you probably, everybody in the room, get on somebody's nerves. Yeah. Right? But that does not give us a license not to love them just because they do things you don't like. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, does anybody have anything to add before we, we shut down?